Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm very excited to talk about this week's episode because um, I've had a it lot of fun. It sounds bizarre. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun researching it and looking up stuff and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, I just wanted to shout out to people from North Macedonia because it turns out we've got relatively recently quite a few people from north macedonia listening to us and obviously they're playing really? in the euros at the moment and have had i think what two heroic goals from one of their oldest players and i'm just i'm just excited to have people from that area yeah they drew against drew against france i won't lie my geography is generally quite good but i probably won't be able to point to north macedonia on a map yeah see north macedonia seems to be a bit of a like a, a contentious country it's a country that as far as where it exists and is recognized by many many people that get paid a lot more than us uh however there's like an issue with it being called macedonia because greece has a macedonia which apparently is where uh alexander the great is from um yeah the macedonians yeah and so north macedonia claims that alexander the great was north macedonian but then the greeks are like no he was greek from the region of macedonia you can't call it macedonia so yeah it's apparently there's a lot going on there oh well, I don't know about that. I hope it all works out in the yeah. end. There's always arguing going on around that region. I, I can't help but feel it's possibly Britain's fault. Oh, it's, it's probably somewhere down the line Britain's fault. <laughs> I don't know. The Greeks had their empire as well, though, didn't they? So oh, it's the Ottomans then. Sh- some of the blame. It was the Ottomans' fault. It's Turkey's fault. Good, good riddance on them. They're at the Euros. Yeah, they were shit. <laughs> they, they were everyone's dark horse, except for Turkey, who were like, I don't think we're going to do anything. No, they were really, really bad. Mm. Yeah, very disappointing. Anyway, 
Shall we crack on? Shall we crack on? Oh, uh, before we crack on, in fact, <laughs> um, tell tell your friends about the show. Tell your mum, tell your nan, your dad. It was Father's Day yesterday, I believe. Um, it's not something I celebrate, but if it was, tell your dad. Show off to your dad, like, oh, you know, listen to this podcast. It's quite fun. In particular, this episode, because it's going to be interesting. Um, make sure you rate, review us on anything that you can do so. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so on our Kofi page, uh, www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. I'm not going to do it every week at the beginning of the episode, but I'll drop it in now and then. <laughs> so, just to keep people on their feet. Yeah, exactly. Just to keep people on your feet. And obviously, we've got we've got um, a couple of really big announcements coming up soon. Um, real soon. I think within the next month, I think. So, yeah. Just, oh, nice. We've got a lot to, we got a lot to crack out. Um, now, let's crack on with the actual show. So, we are talking about a lady called Margaret Howe Lovett. Some of you may uh, recognise the name, some of you may not recognise the name, uh, and I don't blame you because realistically, there's not a lot about this lady. So, let's start at the beginning with a little intro. So, when we think of talking animals, we hark back to the Dr. Doolittle film starring Eddie Murphy, where the titular character, with his unique ability to talk to animals, offers up classic comedy moments. But of all the conversations the good doctor had with various animals, he never came across a horny dolphin asking to be wanked off. And that is an intro for you, James. That's right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. My mind straight away went to the logistics of how to wank off a dolphin. Oh and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember the Doctor Doolittle films at all? Yeah, I used to love them. Really good films. I oh, used to like them. Have you watched the re- recent one with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? No, I haven't. No, me neither. Is that any good? No, I've heard it's no. rather poor. Didn't do very well. Oh, that's a shame. So anyway, in a lab on the United States Virgin Islands in the 1960s, that's exactly what happened to a young woman named Margaret Howe Lovett. Now, usually we would do the whole, Margaret was born in 1942, blah, 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 blah. But we're not going to do that in today's episode. Partly because I only really want to talk about one specific part of her life and mainly because I can't fucking find anything out about her apart from the only thing she's known for, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, wanking off dolphins. To be fair, if you wank off a dolphin, that's it. That's your identity from that point forward. That's literally the way I was going to talk You will always be known as the person who has wanked off a dolphin. It doesn't matter what else you do in your life. And that's the annoying thing for Margaret because she's like, I believe I did some really good work here. And yet, she's only known for something that's not the work, exactly. So... Nah, don't wank off dolphins. <laughs> uh, so, what do I know about her? Well, I believe she's American, and that she was born in 1942. I also know that when growing up, one of her favourite stories was called Miss Kelly, which is a story about a cat who can understand and speak English, and uses it to help other animals go on adventures. This story, like it would with plenty of other kids, stuck in the mind of Margaret for all of her adult years, as it would with a lot of, you know, people like myself. Imagine, like, you you do this to your dog, I'm sure, James. You talk to your dog as if it understands exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, we have great chats. I do as well. Like, my dog Sky will come up to me and I'm like, she she's pestering and I'll just assume that she wants something. And I'm like, do you want, I don't know, a biscuit or something? And she just knows that that she knows the word biscuit so i'm actually now giving her a thought 
so she's like just jumping up and like oh you want a biscuit do you and she's like well i've heard biscuits so i'll have one and i'm like okay here you go have a biscuit and i'm like yeah i speak <laughs> dog yeah they have trigger words yeah now elsewhere in the states was a man named john lilly he was a doctor in the field of neuroscience who became obsessed with figuring out how smart marine mammals are when he came across a beached pilot whale near his home in James's favourite place, Massachusetts. He c- oh, bloody hell. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Now, uh, what uh, John Lilly could not believe was how big this creature was. Like, a, a, it's, a, it's a fucking whale, just beached. And he then wondered, like, well, the size of this animal... How big must its brain be? Because science at the time was like, well, we humans are relatively smart and our brains are like one of the biggest brains of all land animals and we're quite smart. So then the theory was that the bigger the animal, the bigger the brain, which meant there's a lot of science and smartness behind that animal, if that makes sense. They were like, oh, this, this animal's huge. It must have a massive brain, which means it must be vastly intelligent. Now, I would argue that it can't be that smart since it got itself beached. But, you know, it's a whale, so that happens. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so science at the time was like, well, the bigger the animal, the bigger the brain, they're evidently smarter, so we need to figure out a way maybe that we can unlock that intelligence. Now, John Lilly was hooked on researching these marine mammals and took every chance he got to study them in their natural habitat. That was until he discovered Marine Studios Miami, which is the first place in the United States to keep bottlenose dolphins in captivity, where they were used as an attraction, performing tricks and the like. Now, dolphins are quite smart. We know dolphins are relatively smart. They learn tricks and all that kind of stuff. But apparently, they say that they're like they're no smarter than really like a toddler, which is like a dog. A dog is about as smart as a toddler. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Still quite intelligent. Oh, no. Vastly intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here he got the chance to study dolphins in a controlled environment rather than looking at them in their natural habitat. It wasn't an easy job, though, to be fair. Uh, John wanted to try out his brain mapping technique, which sort of, it meant you were put under uh, anaesthetic and he used probes. But you can't sedate a dolphin, otherwise it will die. So, work for John was a slog but one day John's wife noticed that the dolphin that he was working on was making noises that sounded rather similar to the words that John and his assistant were saying to one another and it almost sounded as if the dolphin was mimicking them or trying to speak to them because it was just hearing these like funky noises these people like there's loads of like hairless monkeys just walking around this dolphin making like really weird noises and dolphins are quite playful creatures so they were just like you know it's just mimicking what it's hearing uh and john was like this is it like this this is the moment he got convinced john was convinced that this dolphin was actually trying to communicate with him and here was this creature with this big brain trying to communicate with another species like what other animal do we know that speaks to humans with actual english parrots parrots exactly see john forgot about the fucking parrots he was so obsessed he was like oh my god there's literally no other animal that speaks to us and it's like bloke 
do. Like people have parrots. All they want yeah, is Yeah, and they chat shit. All they want is crackers. Yeah, probably want a cracker. Although I've never actually heard a, p- a parrot say that. I think I've just not I've just seen loads of videos of parrots just swearing at people. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? There's a guy who taught um I think it's in London Zoo. A guy taught over like a couple of days he kept coming to the zoo taught a couple of the macaws to swear <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just telling just visitors people as they walk past yeah, they're just telling visitors to come look at them fuck off and there's like little five-year-olds <laughs> being like oh mum 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 look at the pretty parrot and it's like fuck off <laughs> there's a parrot on tiktok who just winds up the dog and he calls him like you fucking bastard <laughs> and he's just winding up this dog it's so funny that's excellent i love that there's a thing with like um parrots um there was one story about there's uh parrots like to mimic things and copy stuff and there's this one mm. uh there was a story about some neighbor who has like an alarm on their oven if it like gets if it's if it's like uh burning its food or something like that and it's it's like a basic like you know like a fire alarm in the house um yeah and it goes off all that like it would go off now and then and he kept hearing it in his own house, being like, me, 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 me. And he was like, what the fuck? What's going on? And it turns out it was the neighbor's parrot had learnt the noise of the oven and was copying <laughs> it. <laughs> God, that must be annoying for the neighbor. I know. They're, they're quite smart. Like, I think they can understand certain things. But then I don't, I think, I don't think they understand it. As in, it's not conversational. It's just words that they, they can relate to something else. Like they know, like, I know, like kisses or like good boy like like with a dog dogs understand certain words um yeah and that's it but like you can't have a conversation with your dog no you can just send them crazy by saying walk yeah exactly yeah the w-a-l-k word now um john had like something to sort of go on here right with the dolphins thinking that this dolphin with its big brain was trying to communicate with another species because dolphins as we know them today like more specifically bottlenose dolphins uh the ones that we all think of like when you go to like you know, discovery cove in florida and you swim with dolphins and that bottlenose dolphins they've been around as they are now for about two to five million years which is a fucking long time fucking hell yeah they've been around a long time like marine mammals have been around for a hell of a lot longer than land mammals humans in comparison as we are now homo sapiens have only been around for about two hundred thousand years so not even a million years yet no dolphins have got numbers on us exactly right they've got numbers on us so realistically they've got to be smarter somewhere what secrets do these wonderful creatures have is what john lily's thinking what could we learn from dolphins beside the fact that sharks are twats this is the sort of stuff he's considering. See, James, if you could speak to a dolphin, what would you want to hear from it? What kind of mystical things? You know, oh, dolphin of the lake, what wisdom do you have for me today? What would you want it to say? I'd like to know what, what goes on under the sea. Is Atlantis real? Just all the mysteries of the undiscovered oceans. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard that um, dolphins, uh, what's the word, <laughs> sexually molest uh, pufferfish or like use them as... To- yeah, toys. yeah, I've heard that. Use them to like um, get themselves off. Yeah. See, what you don't want to do is like be able to speak to a dolphin and then realise it's a sex pest. Yeah, it's, dolphins are fucking nuisances as well. Obviously, they're really cute and you can go and swim with them and have a good time. But 
they bully thing. Like dolphins kill sharks and they like kill things for fun. Mm. Yeah, they can be. They're, they're nuisances. Yeah, they are children. They're just they're, literally they're all, they're all children with ADHD. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's a good description. Now, John went on to write a book called Man and Dolphin, explaining his theory that marine mammals wanted to communicate with humans and detailed his vision of a world where marine mammals would be sat at the table with humans at the United Nations summit discussing the world's problems. Can you imagine that? With dolphins? Yeah, he literally was in his book imagining a world where, look, one day dolphins and marine mammals will learn to speak English like us and we will all sit at the United Nations table and discuss all the world's problems. And it's like, just think about that. Well, I hope that table's underwater. Literally, just think about that. You're sat in your nice little cosy chair with your arms up like on an armrest and you look to your left and there's just like a dolphin in a tank just being like representing, I don't know, the Caribbean. <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck's sake. I can't... I mean, it's a lovely idea, but good God. I know. And also it'd be like, oh, this this year's UN summit will be held at Atlantis. And you're like, oh, lovely. Nice time for, <laughs> nice time of year for it. <laughs> he, this bloke... Yeah, he was, uh, he was dreaming. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This guy sounds like a right nut job. But for some of what he was saying, it actually resonated, believe it or not, with NASA. Um... This story just goes weird. Um, Now, a part of NASA is the group called SETI, which is the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Um, If if you don't know what SETI is, um, they basically, they blast radio signals into space, hoping to hear something from another intelligent species. And for as long as they've been around, we've only ever heard one thing come back. And that was this, what they call a wow signal. Um, where they were just scanning the space, nothing's happening because it's rather large, and then out of nowhere, uh, uh, some sort of signal came back, and we picked it up. And the bloke who was uh, analysing the signal literally just wrote right next to it, wow, and now we call it the wow signal. And since then as well, we've heard, (laughs) since then we've heard absolutely nothing once again. Because I think it's, we're, we're like, we've got a shitload of like radio satellites whatever just looking at the stars being like if anything comes near us we'll pick it up now that sounds like it's yeah. a really clever idea and you'd think oh surely we'd have heard something by now but have you ever just like well you've seen like films where someone's like cast away in the sea and you look left mm-hmm. you look right you look all around you you could do a whole 360 you don't see nothing you could literally not see a yeah, thing just and just sea. die there it's just sea it's like that but with space and it's infinite yeah. Now, so SETI were like, obviously, that's their job. Their job is to look up at the space, blast out a load of signals, hope to hear something back. But what exactly would they do if they did get a message back? What would, what, what, how would we be able to decipher their message? How could we make sure that they understood us? And this is how they then became interested in John Lilly's work with dolphins. See, if John could learn to communicate with another species, then we could figure out a way to maybe tailor it for aliens. See, it kind of makes sense. Okay. Um, Yeah. Providing that the aliens speak dolphin. (laughs) 
yeah can you imagine can you imagine <laughs> we've come from so far away and then they happen to speak a similar language to dolphins and they're the only ones that understand them god and the dolphins yet will rise up yeah yeah like, like from family guy sketch <laughs> um Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> the idea that they just speak dolphin. It's funny there was someone, like, having a dolphin as a translator just in a tank, just sat there going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> For the aliens. There's a sketch in there somewhere. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Now, <laughs> John Lilly was given a grant by NASA and was uh, on his way to the Caribbean, specifically to St. Thomas in the, U- in the US Virgin Islands. Now, this is where we then come back to the point of our episode 22-year-old Margaret. She was on the island with her photographer boyfriend looking for adventure and work when she was told a rumour by her brother-in-law. Now, on the far eastern side of the island, down a muddy track at the bottom of the cliffs, is said to be a big white building. And Margaret, looking for adventure, was keen to check it out. She drove to the area and came across many signs saying, keep out but her inquisitiveness spurred her on eventually she came to the big white building and was greeted by a man called gregory bateson now gregory bateson is a household name in the scientific world and he was brought on by john Lilly as a behavioral expert now this guy this guy uh, in terms of uh, behavioral studies he's like studied humans animals like everything and he's he's well known very well known very well respected and uh, his goal was to try to understand the language of the dolphins if there was one at all. He was to observe their behaviour and basically just try to interpret the things that they do. You know, like, um, you know, oh, the body language here suggests that this one's trying to do that or that one's the the, the alpha or this one's the beta and blah, blah, blah. Basically yeah. just trying to decipher uh, the way they behave, which is exactly mm-hmm. what NASA were looking for. They were like, oh, okay, trying to pick up on you know um, things that they do common or things that are not common and things stuff like that yeah so gregory asked margaret you know what the fuck are you doing here and there's plenty of keep out signs and you're still here and i don't know why but being the fearless person that she was at the time margaret replied quote well i heard you had dolphins and i thought i'd come and see if there's anything i could do or if there's any way that i could help stunned by her confidence Bateson took her into a building and sat her at the top of a set of spiral stairs. At the bottom of the stairs was a large pool full of seawater where three dolphins were playfully swimming. He asked Margaret to observe the dolphins and write what you see happening. After the initial amazement of watching dolphins, Margaret began to notice particulars. One would be swimming behind the other, the other one was nudging another one, etc., Bateson checked in on Margaret and complimented her on her observational skills and the way that she writes and asked if she would like to be a part of the research team with John Lilly. It didn't pay, but she could come back as often as she liked to help out. And she did. She came by every day. Now, side note on that whole pay thing, this is a research project funded by NASA when arguably they had the most funding ever and they couldn't afford to pay Margaret to be an intern. Like this is NASA in the sixties. We're about to go to the moon. They've got the most money they've ever been given, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't really afford to give you any money." It's like you just want it all for yourself, Gregory. 
Yeah, this is a thing, isn't it? It's a typical big corporation not wanting to pay their staff. Oh, absolutely. I'll also point out as well, Margaret is not a qualified person. She's just some random tiddly fuck on the island who's just interested in dolphins. Like, my mum, her favourite animals are dolphins. She's definitely not qualified to be in this research facility. And she's at the same yeah. level as Margaret. And Margaret just wandered straight in and was like, I just wondered if you wanted any help. And they're like, okay, yeah, do you want to be part of the team? God, how, getting a job back in the day was so easy. Oh, mate, do you know, I think we must have spoken about this before, but I, I'm sure everyone, everyone who's listening, your parent has said this to you at one point. Well, why don't you just, you know, start at the bottom and like work your way up or something? You're like, um... I'm not sure that's how it works. Or they're like, oh, in my day, I quit my job on Sunday and I had another one on Monday. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that anymore. It No. You have to hand your CV in, then you don't hear anything for like a month. It's, oh. it's very rare to get a job that quickly. It's just, or things have changed. You apply for a job and then they go, uh, really sorry, um, we've actually moved forward with the process, uh, but we do appreciate you uh, applying. And it's like, you haven't even asked me to come into an interview. You've literally looked at a piece of paper with words on it that's not overly representative of myself because I'm, personally, I'm I'm better in person. Like, get me in an interview room and you'll love me. On a CV, <laughs> you can't really get that across. And they go, yeah. nah, sorry. Thanks for trying, though. It's like, you've not even bothered to give me an opportunity. Yeah, some of the hiring processes of places is a. Uh, it's it's really not great. It's crap, man. It's hard getting a job. But Margaret was in. Margaret's got a job. Well, an unpaid job, but a job. She's got what she's got is experience now. She's getting the experience. So, she was part of a research team that was going to help humans communicate with other species, and one day, aliens. She was introduced to the two. Uh, the three dolphins that John Lilly had brought from Marine Studios Miami. They were Pamela, Sissy and Peter. They'd had roles in Hollywood movie Flipper. I don't know if you've seen Flipper. I haven't seen Flipper. I think I've, I recognise the name. I probably have in my youth. Yeah, I recognise the name, but I've not seen it. Um, and yeah, the team got time to get to know the creatures. So, Sissy was the biggest of the dolphins. She was very pushy, she was loud, she was very, very social, and was kind of like the big boss in the lab. Pamela, she was the shy one. She wouldn't go near anyone at first, which makes me wonder why she was so frightened of people, but, you know, that's just speculation. Um, It took the team, like, about a year to actually get her to come close to some of them so that they can stroke her um it's one of those like you know in the sort of 50s 60s animal rights stuff uh, and obviously they were bought from marine studios miami which is effectively like sea world but without the regulations that i suppose animal rights have now where mm. so these animals could have been mistreated like massively and then there I was. I even SeaWorld aren't great. Well, SeaWorld's getting rid of its orcas now, isn't it? Once the last of their orcas dies, they're not having them anymore. Yeah, they're not allowed to breed them, which is good. It's, it's so there's a lot wrong with SeaWorld. I know. I've been, and I must say, like, it's one of those. As a human going around, you go, "Wow, this is amazing! How well they look after these creatures." But I suppose if you're one of the creatures, you must think it sucks. 
Yeah, I, I went when I was, I must have been like five or six, maybe a little bit older. But back then I had no like moral compass to me. It was just watching whales and dolphins having a great time. Yeah. But now you look back and you think, oh, fuck, that was uh, not ideal. Like, I wouldn't go back now. Um, But then people back then didn't really understand. But I'm glad they're getting rid of their whales. They shouldn't really have anything, to be honest with you. I don't think dolphins, any like, the sea is so vast that you shouldn't have any, like, marine life in captivity. You shouldn't have any mammal life in captivity, really, but sometimes it's for the best for uh, preservation yeah. needs. But marine life in particular need that fucking space. Yeah, see, that's that's what the zoos sort of base their moral compass on, isn't it? It's about um, conservation, not about um, captivity. Yeah, um, I agree to a point. Some zoos are better than others. Mm. Um I think there's one by me, Twycross. It, that's just horrific. Really, really bad. It's, it's mainly an ape zoo, and it's just the worst. Like, really awful. Um, then there's places like Monkey World in Dorset, and they're fantastic. They're, they are just... Um, they try not to breed, but if they breed, then it, so be it. But they are purely a sanctuary. Yeah, safaris are okay, isn't it? Because they're vast open spaces. You're basically going into their habitat, and they're not in cages, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I haven't really looked in safaris. I'm sure there's people that would say they're fine. Some people say they're not fine. I think if you do want to go on safari, I know it's expensive, but go to um, Africa. Oh, Christ, yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, Woburn or something. You're like, no, actually go to fucking Africa. Yeah, because that would be better, because that's them in their natural habitat, and a lot of these safaris, some of them are bad, but a lot of them will be on actual, like, reservations where you pay for the upkeep of the land and to protect these animals. Yeah, yeah. So, the third dolphin was a male called Peter. He was an immature male uh, who was coming of age, if you get my drift. Uh, he, ah, he likes to sleep mm, around, does he? Yeah, he was really into the dolphin Sissy. He was hanging around, or, hanging around her all the time, much to the annoyance of Sissy, who apparently would quite regularly bop him away, just like smack him with her nose <laughs> or like a fin, and she'd be like, you know, get the fuck out of here kind of thing. Um but he was a really friendly dolphin. Like Everyone adored him. And by February of 1964, the project was well underway. Now, since John Lilly, the guy who, you know, sort of created all this, he was away a lot of the time promoting his research. So much of his work fell to Margaret. Her job was to encourage the dolphins to try and copy the specific sounds of human speech. So how did that go? Well, I'm not sure if you know this, but dolphins don't have lips. You know, the things you need to make, like, your your B's, your P's. Yeah, to articulate. Yeah, your M's, all that sort of stuff. They don't have lips, so they can't do that. Uh, and they, they eek and screech, but they can, they can actually make more noise from their blowhole. Now... The blowhole opens and closes rather similarly to a human mouth. So that's maybe the only thing they've got close to lips. So it's a muscle that in theory could be trained to move to imitate a mouth. But again, it's kind of missing a tongue, which is a muscle that we use to shape the air that we expel, which then makes the sounds. So it's, it's, it's actually almost impossible to speak without using your tongue. I know there are ventriloquists that are able to do it, but even they're like with their mouth shut, moving their tongue around a lot. Um, so that's going to be difficult to teach a fucking animal that does not have the anatomy to speak English, like a language that we've learnt to speak because we have tongues and lips that can do it. Um, 
Yeah, we have the ability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the problem here is that John Lilly is a scientist and Margaret is an unqualified intern that was brought on because she's just keen. The only experience she has is that she's keen. So she's trying to teach a dolphin. It's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Now, in time, she began to focus more of her attention on Peter. There was a personality there that she just enjoyed being around. He had also had no previous experience learning tricks and the like, whereas the other two dolphins had. Which, it sounds counterintuitive, like the other two have experience with word association from being in films and whatever, uh, and you would assume Mm. that that would give them the heads up, but she was like, you know, because she's, you know, a very qualified intern who's very, very keen. She's like, no, I'll take the one who has no fucking experience like me. Now, Margaret thought that Peter, having no previous experience with English words, meant that he was a blank canvas and that she could teach him like a parent teaches a child how to talk. It's just word association and uh, exposure where you're talking to Mm -hmm. the child all the time. They understand words. They're hearing it all the time and they end up just copying you. And she would begin to train Peter um, to listen to her whilst whilst she spoke. And then when he ever made noises, she would, you know, shut up and listen to him. And what she was trying to do was create some form of conversation between them, uh, some kind of understanding that he might recognise, be like, oh, so when I talk, she listens, and when she talks, then I have to, sh- I have to shush. Which is, it, it's kind of clever, it kind of makes sense, and it, it kind of worked mm. as well. Um, there's actually quite a lot of recordings of her research with Peter, and it is quite interesting where, like, she talks and he's very, very quiet. And as soon as she finishes, he replies. It's quite interesting. It's almost like he's learnt how conversations work. Exactly, exactly. And that's what she wanted to start with. So over time, she would teach him the vowels. Um, she would she'd, like, do A, E, I, O, U. and But she would, like, change the inflections on certain, like, letters to try and keep him interested and then she'd be like, A-E-I-O-U, like that. And then he'd know she's finished, and then he would copy her. Um, That's clever. It is kind of clever. It's really interesting to listen to it. If anyone's interested, there's um, a really fascinating documentary called uh, The the Girl Who's, Who Talks to Dolphins, or The Girl Who Spoke to Dolphins, one or the other, uh, where I got most of my stuff from uh, when researching this. And they've got most of the recordings, and it's really fascinating. Um so yeah, she'd teach him the vowels and she would get him to repeat it and over time he began to copy her. Now this would be how the sessions would go. She would say words and then Peter would repeat them back to her. The only problem that Margaret was having was leaving at the end of the day. When everyone got in their cars, they pulled the shutters down and drove home. Margaret couldn't help but feel immense guilt at leaving the dolphins and in particular Peter alone at night margaret said about leaving in the evenings quote well there's this big brain there's three big brains floating around at night and it amazed me that everyone kept leaving so margaret had an idea she wanted to make the lab a waterproof home and she would live there with peter the place would be plastered and fitted with everything she would need while staying there but she didn't just want peter to be around in the pool so she had the whole place flooded. The place was um, waterproofed, everything, and it got flooded. 
um, including the balcony outside so that, you know, Peter could live with her. And her desk... Yeah, so her desk to work from was suspended from the ceiling with, like, a telephone, computer, all that kind of stuff. Uh, There was, like, an oven that was hung from the ceiling so she could do that. Seats were, um, like, on the floor, but, like, on stilts so she could sit above the water. Uh, Even, like, her bed um, was basically just floating above the water. And he would, the Pete, Pete would, like, sleep next to her at night. She wanted, it's getting weird. Yeah, it's getting a bit bizarre. Like she's get this really like intense close bond with this dolphin, and all she wants to do is now is like really sort of teach him English, like a mother would want to teach a child. She wants to teach him to speak English, and she's like, "Well, I, what I want to do is just basically be around him all the time." She wanted to engross Peter into her world as much as possible, almost being like, "You're not a do- you're not a dolphin. You live in my world." You speak my language. Um, you don't swim with other dolphins. You don't be a dolphin. But and she, in one of her, um, in one of her audio recordings, she literally says to Peter, "Peter, don't, don't think in like, don't think in your own language. Think in English." And it's like it's a fucking dolphin. Yeah, you're gonna stop it from being a dolphin. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's getting bizarre, right? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, it's an ambitious move, right? And one that completely shocked Gregory Bateson, the behaviorist on site. Remember, he was um, watching the dolphins and analysing their behaviour, trying to figure out if they spoke to each other through a language or, you know, some kind of body language. When he found out that John, Lily and Margaret were actually trying to teach a dolphin how to speak English, I'm not joking, he could have literally fallen off his chair laughing if he wasn't so angry that his name was being linked with this bizarre experiment. He was like... He didn't want his name linked to it, and eventually he would leave the lab because of it. But, like, he's like, sorry, I'm a well-respected behaviourist. Like, I've watched loads of fucking animals and interpreted how some animals communicate with each other. And, you know, it turns out that some animals have deep, complex languages between each other. You're actually trying to teach an animal to speak a human language? Like, are you actually a scientist, is what he's thinking. Mm. In fact, um, when NASA and the famous scientist Carl Sagan came to see Margaret and John Lilly's progress, 
they weren't overly impressed and they were, they were they really wanted them to focus more on dolphins communicating with other dolphins they were kind of like look listen guys look what we want you to do what the idea was that you could learn to speak dolphin more than have a dolphin speak english you know yeah <laughs> and they're like that makes more sense yeah it's like guys i think you may have got the wrong end of the stick here and they're like no 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 no. we know exactly what we're doing i'm going to teach this dolphin that does not have the anatomy to do so to speak english he's a twat anyway margaret had what she wanted she lived in the newly refurbished dolphinarium they called it with peter and the other two dolphins who she hardly spent any time with and every day she would have two sessions with peter trying to teach him to speak english i just really want to hammer this home they were trying to teach a dolphin english it just doesn't make sense because it just doesn't have the um well as you said like the lips the articulators the vocal folds that we have there's a reason why other species cannot speak like the amount i speak to my dog if it could have if it could speak english it would but it doesn't have the ability to it's spot on and you know what the closest mammal that is out there that could possibly speak a humanese language would be a great ape and they don't do it no but they're really but then you can teach them to talk to you via like sign language and things maybe that would have been a better way to go find a way that the dolphin can communicate with you yeah i understand but like even then it's like you can't do sign language with flippers no, but you you could do something like give them like a set of buttons or something. So like people give their dogs buttons and they teach them to talk with the buttons. They're fantastic. It's fascinating. I like. Oh, I'm sure the dolphin would have been able to do that. No, I, 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 you're right. So um, as Margaret goes on with her research, um, m- Peter does understand some stuff. Like he can recognise and associate certain things, like you know some uh, shapes and. Uh, particular toys and stuff like that like a dog he just does that um, but most yeah. ani- most animals can recognize what it is but if you was to say oh uh, peter what is a square he couldn't tell you what a square was but he knows what it looks like mm, he could show you yeah he could show you what a square was but he couldn't ex- describe what a square was and all he knows yeah. is that like most animals when you train them if i uh point to the square i get a treat or I get to play with Margaret for a bit longer. And it's the, yeah. it's called Pavlovian conditioning, isn't it? It's the idea of like the bell. And every time you hear the bell, they get food. So then they associate the bell with food. And then they like the bell. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's, it's really bizarre. Like I think um, the smarter option would be what Gregory was trying to do, which you pointed out. Try to understand if the dolphins communicate with other dolphins. Now, they, they do. I'm sure there's research going on. It was on... Um... The Chasers went to America. Weird show, uh, and they swam with dolphins. And they were the dolphins had learned how to like recognize things, communicate with each other, and you could tell a dolphin to do something, and it would go do it. So it is possible. That is really clever. Yeah, it's like, well, most animals have some form of uh, you know language. They, most of them do. It's just trying to dissect. But obviously, we've seen dolphin shows as bad as they are, so they they can follow instruction. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, this is where it gets a little weird, all right? <laughs> and I'll be honest, is the only reason I actually wanted to talk about Margaret. <laughs> Remember, right. Peter is an adolescent dolphin. He's becoming sexually active. 
And like most teenagers, Peter's got the horn, and he's got it a lot. Peter would swim up alongside Margaret, making sure there was contact, you know, skin to skin, rubbing up alongside mm. her legs or whatever. He would often stare at the back of her knee, like, you know, that like sort of little circular bit at the back of your knee, like he'd just stare at that for ages. And every now and then would like put his nose into like the crevice at the back of her knee. Now, for anyone who doesn't so know, weird. yeah, if anyone who doesn't know, of which Margaret, you know, being unqualified was one, this is what a dolphin does when it's flirting. Now, Margaret herself, oh. yeah, Margaret herself said, quote, I allowed that. I wasn't uncomfortable with that, so long as it wasn't rough. But Peter is a dolphin. It's a heavy animal that had caused her minor injuries rubbing himself up upon her. In fact, the on-site vet was like, you kind of got to be careful with this because like, he's causing you some actual physical harm now. Like, if he gets too boisterous, he could cause you problems. Mm. Now, to combat his horniness, Peter would be transferred by an inbuilt lift to the pool downstairs where the two female dolphins were. And the aim was him to basically get his rocks off and hope that he would then pay attention in his lessons. And it worked, you know, for a time. But like a teenager who discovers masturbation for the first time, Peter was horny more times than he wasn't. And it was becoming a serious distraction to his lessons. And with his transportation to the downstairs pool becoming a time sink, Margaret had an idea. Instead of wasting a day's lesson because he was horny, Margaret would just relieve Peter of his urges, quote, manually, she said. There's, 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 there's issues here, people. There's big issues <laughs> with, with Ron here. There is um, a big issue, I'm madam. sure that's bestiality, I'm, and I'm sure that's a crime. Yes. You, you can't go around sexually pleasing animals. It's weird. And even if it's not a crime, it's still fucking weird. But this is the thing, James. There, there are people that um, uh, wank off horses, isn't it? They get, like, horse sperm so that they can impregnate female horses. Like, they, they get paid Again. a lot of money for it. Weird. It happens in um, meat markets and dairy markets as well. Um, like female sheep and uh, cows and things will be artificially inseminated. They'll wank off a horse and or uh, another cow or another sheep, as you said, and and do that. It, it's not right. If you ever find yourself in any position in life for any reason whatsoever, wanking off another animal that isn't a human being. <laughs> You, you you need to question yourself. And even then, if you are wanking off another human being, make sure it's in the right circumstances because that can land you in trouble as well. <laughs> yeah, always get consent, man. Always get consent. So Margaret said about this, um, manually relieving Peter, quote, it was just easier to incorporate that and let it happen. It was very precious. It was very gentle. Peter was right there. He knew that I was right there. It was sexual on his part... It was not sexual on mine. Sensuous, perhaps. I Right. She's de- so this is the thing, right? So she defended herself valiantly for a bit and then said that it was quite a sensuous experience for her. It's like, it should not be anything other than work. Yeah. Uh, no, if she starts getting off on this, she needs to be removed from this dolphin immediately yeah do you know what's weird as well like the there's a photographer at the lab which is her boyfriend and he's there the whole time and she he's almost like like a cuckold watching her wank off a dolphin 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. And how do you have that conversation, <laughs> though? Do you know what I mean? Some people get a bit jealous if their girlfriend hugs another man. This guy's watching his girlfriend wank off a dolphin and he's all right. Fuck it, he's being cuckolded by a bloody dolphin. Yeah. Now, uh, Margaret described it as an itch. She was like, look, you just got to get that itch and then you can focus again. That's all it was. Just let's get rid of the itch and then we can focus. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's a bit more than an itch. Now, I don't know how you wank off a dolphin. I, believe it or not, did try to find out, but I couldn't find out how. <laughs> um, I imagine my internet service provider is a bit confused at the moment. But um, <laughs> yeah, Margaret did it every day. And at some point, several times a day. Like this is this is a teenage dolphin who, if he was out in the ocean, would be banging everything it saw. And so she's just stuck with this horny dolphin twenty four seven. Remember, she lives with this dolphin twenty four seven. So that's a lot of stuff she's doing. And Peter, the dolphin, absolutely seemed to love it. He was proper enjoying it. And also, would like to point out here now. Dolphins, you mentioned earlier, dolphins can be a menace. Dolphins are horny animals. In 2002, a dolphin terrorised locals at Weymouth in the UK by isolating female swimmers and then trying to mate with them. So the, the, the beach had to be shut because of these dolphins that were causing problems. Um, in right. 2012, a dolphin called Stinky kept trying to hump divers in the Cayman Islands. And in 2019, a dolphin jumped out of its enclosure at a water park in Cuba and tried to mate with its handler. So dolphins really don't care if you're another dolphin. No, they just want to get off. Oh, they just want to get off, man. That's all they want to do. They're like, I think they're considered one of like the horniest animals out there, apart from like the bonobo chimps. Are chimps horny? Yeah, the, no, the bonobo chimps specifically. The bonobos, they just have sex to say hello. I mean, that's one way to live your life. <laughs> it's one way to do it. Now, around the same time, John Lilly, the guy who started this all, was happy when was happy when NASA. Uh, sorry, he was not happy when NASA weren't overly impressed with their work initially. So he was getting desperate for results, and out of desperation. You know, at the sixties, he turned to LSD. Now, <laughs> he he'd been introduced to LSD through a friend, and his experience was some mind-bending, trippy stuff. He saw it as a way to open his consciousness, and wondered if giving it to the dolphins would help them open their minds to speaking English. And now I feel what we've done, James, is we've now ventured into Joe Rogan territory. Right, okay, this is dangerous ground then. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, have you, have, you, have you tried LSD? Oh, you should try some of this stuff. He asked oh, everyone, what, what is it that he asked everyone? If DMT, I think. That's, That's like, it. Have you tried DMT? Fuck off, yeah. Joe Rogan. For God's sake, he's just a fucking... He just, we, when we met up, we had this conversation about Joe Rogan. No matter who he's sitting opposite, he will just agree with. He's a yes man. And everyone, like, lords his opinion as absolute gospel. He's a fucking twat. <laughs> He's like, oh, have you tried DMT and sat in a bath tank in the dark? It's like, no, I haven't. He's like, oh, you should try it one day. Okay. I wake Cheers, up Joe. at 5am and eat pink Himalayan salt. Good for you. Well done. Apparently Your life pink is Himalayan... no... 
it's just pink Himalayan salt is nice. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to wake up and have it in my fucking routine. I just might sprinkle it on some chips every now and then. Well, apparently pink Himalayan salt's a bit of a con. There's nothing that great about it. I think a lot of things are a con, to be honest with you. It's just... Yeah. Uh, some of his episodes are really good when he's talking to like people like Darren Brown, Louis Theroux, who actually have something to say. But when he's yeah. got these fucking cage fighters on who are just shitting on other people's ways of life for no yeah. reason... He's got a cage fighter on talking about how the moon's actually made of cheese and we haven't been there. And it's like, I'm yeah. not sure you're qualified to talk about And Joe this. Rogan's there like, yeah, completely agree. No, you don't. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, then like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson will come on and say like, you know, oh, uh, yeah, we've been to the moon. And he's like, yeah, I know, it's amazing. He's just, uh, honestly, he, he used to be cool. He's just a fucking, people need to stop treating him as this godlike figure he's just a bloke he's like us except we are self-professed like we have no idea about anything that we talk about we just have a good time but joe rogan like thinks his word is law yeah man wow we've got a hot take on joe rogan i don't know if that means we can now tag him in it (laughs) i doubt it he's the biggest podcast in the world isn't he so we're starting a war we won't win here but hey no no, he's that guy's got Spotify money backing him. If Spotify's listening and wants to give us some money as well, we'll totally like take him on. We'll do one um, of these YouTube boxing matches. I've no doubt he would beat the shit out of both of us, but we'd make a good money out of it. No, if I take DMT, I'll be fine. Um, that's, so that's the ticket. John Lilly is now, now tripping out with LSD, like this mind-altering drug, and assumes that by giving it to the dolphin, that might encourage the dolphin to actually find its fucking senses and go, oh, English is the one true language, and then speak it. Now, when Margaret was told of the plan, she was absolutely against it. But the dolphins were his, and he was going to do it with or without her permission. She did ask that Peter not be involved in the experiment, which John agreed to. But both dolphins could not get away from John, and they were both injected with LSD. Luckily enough, it had no effect on them. And I don't, we don't actually know why, whether it, maybe it was the quantity wasn't enough for such a, a large mammal, or whether dolphins are just immune to mind-altering drugs. But it didn't work, much to the annoyance of John Lilly. So, when NASA heard about what was happening at the Dolphinarium, could you believe they were stunned? They've come around and they're like, hold on a minute, so you're wanking off dolphins and you're injecting the other ones with LSD? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing here. It's like, where is the science? How is this still relevant? We're trying to find a way to communicate with aliens using this technique that you're trying to do. I don't think wanking off the aliens and giving them LSD is going to make it better. Or it might. That might be exactly what they want. (laughs) It might. Um, And because of this, obviously, NASA, they pulled their funding and the project was shut down. Now, with no financial backing, the Dolphinarium would have to close and Margaret would be out of a job. John Lilly had a smaller lab still in Miami uh, where he would transport the dolphins for the meantime. And Margaret, she was concerned about Peter. They had developed a close bond and she wondered how he would have handled being without her and her magic hands. But this is where it gets a bit sad. See, the lab in Miami was a world away from the Dolphinarium on the idyllic Caribbean island. It was cramped for the dolphins having only a small pool to swim in and essentially a large fish tank to be in when they worked on them. 
It was basically a concentration camp for dolphins, and Peter was not keen on staying. One night, Peter took one last breath and swam to the bottom of his pool and stayed there, drowning himself. And then, um, yeah, yeah, so it turns out dolphins do actually take their own lives, and it's relatively common. Um, when things get too hard or too stressful, dolphins will take their own life. Um, dolphins are not automatic air breathers like we humans are so if um if someone if you if you hold your breath or are trying to hold your breath for like more than a minute or so uh, eventually your body will automatically stop whatever you're doing and make you take in that one big fucking gulp of air um yeah because it, it want, it's got that automatic like trigger no i need to breathe now we're automatic like yeah we've mentioned this before like whilst we're talking i'm breathing as i'm talking so that i can continue doing it we're so good at it whereas dolphins um for dolphins to breathe other because they're air breathing uh sea animals every breath is a conscious choice and they don't have that automatic oh i need to have a breath now i've got it and they don't get desperate if they don't breathe um so dolphins if life gets too hard will just take one last breath and just sink it's quite sad that is very sad. I didn't know I did that. Yeah, no, it's quite sad. It's not nice, uh, and that's what happened to Peter. It seems Peter took his own life. He committed suicide in the in the, in his pool, um, for either because you know the place was a shithole and he didn't like it, or he missed being around Margaret and her magic hands. Um, now, which is then what comes on to this. So, like Margaret, as being a human, she's able to rationalise her experience at the Dolphinarium. Peter being a dolphin he's not able doesn't have the capacity to rationalize what had happened at the dolphin area um he 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 in essence has just lost the love of his life and was now living in a hellhole um and it, it sounds really weird to sort of put it like that but as far as peter is concerned like margaret was the love of his life he doesn't give a toss that it's a dolphin or not or that it's a human like it's an adolescent male that is getting you know relatively regular sex and dolphins can mate and stay together for a while um she was the love of his life and she's gone and he lives in a hellhole it's not very nice it's quite sad really that is a very sad existence for him yeah even the on-site vet for the Dolphinarium had issue with Margaret's sexual liaisons with Peter. Um, he feared that she was confusing Peter, uh, you know, basically leading him on. Um, you mentioned it earlier, like, you're stopping him being a dolphin. Yeah, he need, you need, animals need to just, they have instincts, let them live out their lives as the animals they are. Absolutely. So, um... It turns out, yeah, Margaret, she was sad that Peter was dead, as anyone would be at the loss of a pet. But, you know, she moved on. She's a human. Um, she she married the partner who was the photographer at the Dolphinarium. And they then eventually they transformed uh, the Dolphinarium into a family home where they raised their children. She said how, like, you know, this, this place has happy memories and it's a happy place. And that's why we wanted to raise our children here. Uh, and, and, and that's that's sort of the story of... Margaret Howe love it and Peter the Dolphin the lady who loved dolphins probably a bit more than she should have yeah don't wank off dolphins I think is the moral of this episode moral of the story don't wank off dolphins now humans and dolphins for some reason have had uh, a rather interesting relationship throughout history there's always been stories of dolphins saving humans or becoming really really pally with them um, 
but it's one of those that like don't turn your back on a dolphin because it probably will mount you and try to have sex with you life advice here that's what people do don't <laughs> turn your back on a dolphin that is because a, it will try to fuck you that's a twpd advice that is getting on a t-shirt and we are selling it <laughs> <laughs> stay away from dolphins um now that's 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 the story of margaret um you know experimenting on animals like there is a way to do it observe them in their natural habitat look it's going to take a longer time to do it but do it and do it properly don't take them out of their habitat don't destroy or upset their natural behavior do it properly you know aliens do it all the time aliens just observe us from space yes some of them do the do it the john lily way like they abduct you they put a probe in your bum and then they put you down back on the land that's the wrong way of doing it just observe from afar and you'll learn so much more (laughs) Mm. um now yeah for a quick aside, I want to talk about a man called Malcolm J. Brenner. Have you heard of Malcolm J. Brenner at all? No. Okay. It does not ring a bell. This is going to get weirder. Now, he's an American author who swears blind that he had a sexual relationship with a dolphin. Now, in his 20s, he was a student and a keen photographer. He was given permission to take pictures at the local theme park in Sarasota, Florida. And there, he came across a female dolphin called Dolly. Now, he reckons that Dolly had announced her intentions to be with him and that he at first rejected them. And he says that what she would do, she'd rub herself up alongside me. So, like, obviously, he was taking pictures in a local theme park. He was allowed to swim with the dolphins and take pictures of them and get close to them. And he was like, well, Dolly would just swim up beside me and rub her body along mine and sort of stuff like that. Now, most normal people who have, like, you know, I've been to Discovery Cove in Florida and swam with dolphins. A dolphin swims up next to you Mm -hmm. and you just think, oh, that's really nice. It's like when a cat sort of just, like, walks up by your leg and just sort of runs their body up your leg. They're just being affectionate to say, hi, I'm here. This is how I say hello. You You don't get an erection from it, which apparently this guy, Malcolm, did. And... He he then was like, you know, at first being like, whoa, 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 Dolly, I'm not into dolphins. And then eventually rationalised it as such. He said that if this was a human female coming on to me so strongly as Dolly is, would I reject her? To which the answer would be, well, no, I wouldn't. So he went for it. Right. Yep. I'd ask her, right. Yep. He said that um, uh, he found it extraordinarily erotic. He said, it's like being with a tiger or a bear. This is an animal that could kill you in two seconds if it wanted to. Um, And then he says that um, one night, he and Dolly eluded the male dolphins in the enclosure so that they could spend time alone and eventually had sex for the first time. And he said there's something uh, quite transcend... uh, quite about making love with a dolphin, uh, which I find fucking weird. Like, that's... Yeah, um, I don't think there's anything. You you can try and justify it however you want. You're still having sex with a dolphin. Like, it doesn't matter what science is behind it or what, you are fucking weird. Yeah, and, and, then, and then, like, he tries to justify it all the time by saying, um, what what's repulsive about a relationship where both partners feel and express love for each other? 
Uh, it's a um, dolphin. Yeah, one's a dolphin, I think, is the issue there. He then says, um, I'd, I'd... I know what I'm talking about here, because after we made love, the dolphin put her snout on my shoulder, embraced me with her flippers, and we stared into each other's eyes for about a minute. He went. Oh, he then goes on hell. to say, "This was not some dog trying to hump my leg, okay? This was a 400-pound wild-born female dolphin. She was an awesome creature." Oh fucking! Oh, this guy's. This dude's a freak. It's a freak, isn't he? <laughs> not in a he good just, way it's either. Not, it's not acceptable. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, so that's that's uh, as a little aside. That's Michael J. Brenner. This guy's an American author. He has a book out about a boy who has sex with a dolphin, and then later admitted that the story was about himself, and that's how we know the story now. I just, I, I'm lost for words. You can't have sex with dolphins. Don't have sex with any other species. To be honest with you, no. it's just not acceptable. No. No, stop having sex with a dolphin. Dolphin cannot give you consent. A dolphin does not love you. A dolphin does not make love with a human. It it's just it just wants to get its rocks off. It would it it would do it to a rock. It does not care. Yeah, um sort your lives out, people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's my story on um Margaret Howe Lovett with peter the dolphin wanking off a dolphin who, yeah she she wanked off peter the dolphin so much so that peter when taken away from her ended up taking his own life which was rather sad and then a little quick aside about Mal- malcolm j Breno, he's a fucking weirdo so yeah what did you think james i was really excited to talk about this episode because literally for that one fucking thing and it's just bizarre it's the strangest episode we've ever had before uh for sure um as i said the moral is just don't have intercourse with a dolphin i hope that this isn't news to anyone. I hope that people haven't gone, oh, don't. It, it should have been quite clear from the start, but yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Some bloke just like kicking his dog off his lap right now. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sakes. Just, uh, if you're that lonely, I, I don't know what to do. There are, there, are, there are forums out there with other human beings that you can engage with. Yeah. Um, put your, go to a house and put your keys in a bowl. That's another way. Go to the woods and just flash your lights on the car. Oh, yeah. There's many avenues for you to explore. You don't need to have sex with another species. Become a furry. Like, that, that, that's kind of what they're into, isn't it? Be a furry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if, if absolutely. That works because it's still a human, but also you're still getting your, your kick out of, I, I don't know what it is, mm. but hey, if that's you, power to you. Go crazy. If there are any furries listening, please get in contact with us. I'd love to know what's the sitch with you guys. Um just interested yeah why just i just find it interesting yeah uh, i suppose that people have different turn-ons i mean if an animal's your turn-on it's a problem but yeah, it's a problem don't act on yeah. it uh, and uh, yeah that's it that's this week's episode um do i dare ask ask who's what's coming next week yeah okay so we do actually know we do know um Ooh. But it hasn't been written yet, and it's still in the planning stages. And I, I've completely dropped the ball because it was going to be for Pride Month, and I realise it's going to come out after June. But hey, we'll just—it's uh, fine. So I don't know whether we're going to be following one person's account or just the account as a whole. But we're going to do the Stonewall riots. I've never heard of that. It is basically what started the Pride movement. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is lots of. Uh, Lots of stuff went down, so we'll we'll cover that, the events that took place and how things have bettered themselves. Because recently I had a debate on Twitter yesterday. It's been going on for a couple of days with this guy. I think he's um he's not English. I don't know where he's from, 
but he's from a country that uh, the laws state that homosexuality is wrong and you will get punished for it, thrown in jail, killed, what have you. Uh, and we've been having, um, I would say, good debate, but he's a fucking idiot. Because he's saying that because it's the law of his country that homosexuality is wrong, therefore I don't have the right to tell him otherwise. But I say I do have the right because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. It, it's just it's just a, a whole big thing. But he called it an abomination and called homosexuals mentally ill. Um, oh. So it was, it was a fun little interaction. But it just it just made, it made me really curious how other cultures see these. I don't know how the world's progressing and they just refuse to progress with it because I guarantee there's people within these cultures that um, aren't straight, are other uh, sexualities and they're being discriminated against and having to hide themselves out of pure fear. Yeah, the, the debate stem because, you know, um, Germany for, are going to do the um, the pride flag on their stadium for when they play Hungary because obviously Hungary's quite backwards in terms of, in terms of laws. Yeah, I think it, that's it, it was on It was on one of those tweets. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, do follow James uh, on Twitter because it can get far, rather interesting on, on Twitter. James can't help himself sometimes and does get involved in a lot of stuff. If someone's um, been a fucking idiot, I will happily tell them they've been a fucking idiot. And as someone that's like going into journalism, I really need to switch that part of me off because I know I'm <laughs> going to be sitting opposite someone who I massively disagree with in a professional setting and I'm just going to go off on them and I can't do that. No. So yeah, uh, make sure you follow James K on uh, Twitter. James, what's your, what's your um, handle? My Twitter handle, that's a great question. I think it is at JK, here we are, at JKAYYY. So at JKA triple Y. Give me a follow. I won't lie, if you don't like football, probably don't follow me. Um, <laughs> but my last tweet, if you want to look at the content, it was there's a very strong case that The Mummy featuring Brendan Fraser is the point where cinema truly peaked. And I think we can all agree on that because oh, it was probably fantastic. the best film ever made. It's a fantastic film. and Really good film. Brennan Fraser is a uh, treasure that must be protected in a tomb. He would be an interesting person to do an episode on, actually. Absolutely. Because Maybe we'll Hollywood kind day. of turned their back on him for reasons completely out of his control. So that would be a, that'd be an interesting one. Maybe down the line. Maybe we'll do that. Um, so, yeah, join us next week where we'll be talking about... Uh, what was it again, James? Sorry. The Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots leading to the LGBT uh, pride... Um, Month parade. What should we call it? Uh, it's Pride Month, isn't it? June is Pride Month, but unfortunately, it will That's be coming it. out afterwards. But hey, Pride Month doesn't have to end in June. We can extend it. Love is love. Love whoever you want to, except not dolphins. Don't love dolphins. A very good point. I'm glad you got that in there. Just to Thank hammer you. it home once more. Thank you. Uh, right. So join us next week. We'll be talking about that. I'm really looking forward to that now. Um, uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials if you fancy doing so you'll see pictures of the people we talk about you find us on all the stuff instagram facebook twitter uh, if you'd like to donate to the show you can do so www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do or just follow the link on our social media pages you can find it there uh, if you'd like to rate and review us on any platform that you can do so please do so um I'm not going to tell you to not listen to us on Amazon Music because we are on there, but maybe try and you know pick up on Spotify. It's still free on there. Um, and that's about <laughs> it, I believe. Um, thank you very much for listening. It's been a long one. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as you can. Uh, sorry, Mum, for ruining dolphins for you. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.